It's time to get wild. There's no dollar sign on a piece of mind. Welcome to another episode of The Daily Belief Game. I'm Jeff Stein. Today's episode is A Human's Guide to Appropriate Touch. I'll be your uh, HR director to help us through some social behavior and integrity training so you can be in line with your desire and your humanity and still be seen as a uh, well-intended humanitarian, really. Um, And I call it, by the way, I call this a belief game because that's what life is. Life is a belief game. Because whether you believe you can or believe you can't, you're right. Right? Your creations are based on your expectations. Perception is reality, this sort of thing. And since a belief is just a thought, you've thought a lot, then you can choose differently and thereby have, do, or be anything you want. And to implement this belief game, you need believe in no particular philosophy, religion, or science, but you do have to believe in one law, just one, that love is better than fear. That love and all its incarnations like uh, inspiration, happiness, eagerness, peace, ease, comfort, and joy are always better and more effective and bring more into your life that you want than fear and all its conspirators like rage, revenge, blame, shame, guilt, doubt, anxiety, and loss. Uh, to play this one law belief game, you simply must feelize your way through it. Meaning, to realize a purpose-driven life, you have to feelize your decisions made through your logos and your ethos, which is your reason and your morals, along with your pathos, which is your emotions, which are your always-on, conscious, course-navigating indicators of your personal connection to your truth. That's what your emotions tell you. Life is about choices, which are decisions to believe something in particular, right? Every choice is a belief. It's a decision of belief. And this belief game, as I call it, is played by feelizing your choices with every thought. Since every thought you have is instantly and infinitely correlated to every matching thought that you have to the exact degree to which they match. And every desire that is born in you grows and amends your purpose and path recalibrating your particular universe into your ever-evolving dream life. Now, I say all that at the top of every episode or some version of it because easily half of this belief game is growing the knowing uh, that you are that powerful, knowing that you actually that your thoughts actually do create your reality and there is no limit to what you may create. That is true. That is how this universe works. And the more you know that, oddly enough, the better it gets for you to implement it and make that happen. And your life just gets better and better and easier and easier. And, and we kind of know this, right? We've read books. We, we, all of us have, have seen these things. We see quotes on our Facebook page. But the point of the daily belief game here with me, Jeff Stein, <laughs> self-promotion, is to uh, re- remind you how to do it and to keep up the practice Because the more you're on it, uh, the simpler it's going to be and the clearer everything is going to be. You will be like that person standing on a mountaintop, looking down on the mouse maze of life, able to not only see where everybody else should probably make a turn uh, to get out of their maze, but also your own maze will be so much clearer and uh, for you to understand. So today's topic, integrity and a human's guide to appropriate touch. I do that, of course, because we are in the midst of a sexual gender renaissance. 
uh, which means rebirth, by the way. That's what renaissance is the French word for, because we're rewriting the rules uh, with integrity as as the point and the test. We're trying to make that uh, what we're doing. And it's, well, you know, working. <laughs> we're on it. Uh, but let's get to a couple things. What, what does integrity mean? Right? I don't think people actually stop and that use that word or understand that word. I went ahead and grabbed the dictionary, you know, Google it up, right? Integrity, uh, the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles, moral uprightness. And then the second definition is the state of being whole and undivided. That's interesting, too. They mean that, of course, is like a structural integrity, but it has a great application for spiritual integrity uh, or, or scientific integrity in terms of consciousness integrity, because the state of being whole and undivided means that you are in line with your own truth, your own desires, which is obviously a part of that integrity. And again, the quality of being honest, most important part of it. Because we uh, we woo-woo types are like to refer to uh, honesty as silencing the ego. The one thing that silences the ego is honesty. Because if you're truly in your integrity and truly honest with, with what you think and what you feel, then you will be able to detect the path forward that serves not only you but everybody else. Because if you walk forward in a path of love and inspiration and kindness, uh, you're going to serve everybody as well as yourself. And that happens when you are deeply honest with yourself. Now, one of the uh, tweaks that people make mistake on when they're talking about integrity and we're seeing it now in the world in this whole sexual harassment uh, upheaval, is sometimes take, people take that integrity part and they go, uh, the quote says, having strong moral principles and moral uprightness, right? And having strong moral principles, you say, oh, okay, that'll, that'll guide you to do good things, kind of. But what people can do is they go into denial to keep their quote-unquote integrity intact, Right. If you deny that I ever did anything wrong, I'm I never touched those women. I never I don't even know who they are. Then it creates this strange ego game that you're it creates a, the, the wrong side of the belief game is which you decide to believe that if I can lie to myself good enough, then my integrity will be intact because I will still have moral uprightness. Right. I go to church. I I read the, the scriptures I or the or the temple or the or the mosque or wherever you go and you study and you and you can repeat what is morality. And so therefore I am. And it's like, well, wait a minute. What happened to the integrity part, which is the honesty? Because you've got when you lie to yourself, <laughs> uh, you devalue yourself. You constrict your own, if you're in a spiritual person, if you're a religious person, you, you, you cut the God off, too. You restrict, you restrict the light from coming in when you lie to yourself. But when you're in your honest integrity, uh, you will be able to walk in that path and everything will follow accordingly. So, and when you lie, you attack yourself. And so you're not only, you're, you'll only know attack. When you're attacking yourself... By lying about, by being in denial about your behavior, for instance, in the case of sexual harassment, which we're dealing with, then you only know attack. And then you attack others for attacking you. And it just becomes a war. No, I'm moral. You're lying. And then it just becomes about who's lying and whose evidence is more accurate and this and that. Where, who are you kidding? You're kidding yourself is who you're kidding. And instead of, you know, and so we do that. We, we, we get into perpetual victimhood. And looking for escape routes so that we can maintain this quote-unquote integrity, which isn't really that much of an integrity. All right. So uh, coming up, uh, what I'm going to do is uh, get into more of what the integrity is, how we kid ourselves, and uh, then get into the real, where this whole sexuality debate is going. Thank you for listening. This is the Daily Belief Game. I'm Jeff Stein. 
you for listening to the Daily Belief Game. I'm Jeff Stein. This is all about uh, figuring out what you believe because what you believe uh, you'll receive. And uh, you want your life to match what you intend. And a lot of times, uh, and again, a belief is just a thought you've thought a lot. I say that because you can change it. You, you think about that. Sit with that. A belief is a thought I've thought a lot. Uh, oh, right, because that's just my um, automatic conclusion. That's the one that pops up in my head the quickest. You know, you wire your own brain. Even if you're not a spiritual or religious person, you wire your own brain. You wire your own synapses in your head. And if you take a subject, including your sexuality or sexual harassment, and you've wired it such that, uh, let's say, for instance, here's a, here would be a very limiting belief. If you thought that um, your sexual desires were shameful, and they were the only, and you believed that it was the only way you were going to be satisfied is by following this particular, you know, whatever that manifestation is, whatever that physical, uh, you know, apparatus of that sexual desire, and it will result in shame, and you believe there's no other way to achieve that desire, then that is what you've wired your brain to do, and that's the only thing that you'll be, you'll let in. That's the only thing you'll be open to. And integrity means honesty and all the other things, but it means openness, too. It means you can be open to seeing and hearing where your desire could actually take you that matches your humanity and doesn't match your lie and your belief that doesn't work for you. Because integrity, it gets conflated in a lot of different things. It gets conflated because that's the, the goal here, especially with sexual harassment, right, is to get in our integrity and to get in our honesty. And it's happening. We've witnessed the full gambit of experiences. We've seen the pedophile who is in total denial and hiding behind the religion and lies in order to try to maintain this integrity of morality uh, by professing their moral. And as long as other people believe them, it's like, then you, then you just want to get a room full of people who believe your lie. And then you all just kind of believe the lie. See, we all believe it. I'm good. I'm good. You're all good. Right. And so they've got from that range, all the way to, it's funny because it's like we either have to get through this growth or we're all just going to have to start with the celebrity sexual harassment career ending pool, right? To guess who's going who's gonna to go down next um, because it's just being flooded into our consciousness as it should. We're desperate for this awareness. We're desperate for, to end this confusion. And so it extends all the way out to this other end where you have folks that are, uh, you know, playing uh, playfully. What's that? Playful misconduct is another word that somebody said to me, uh, Executive Brian said, playful misconduct. Uh, and and what is your integrity there? Where Are you being honest with yourself about whether that seems well received? And, and then you get folks that have stood up. We've seen some on, on one end of the spectrum where, uh, I won't name names, but somebody who was uh, allegated, alleged to have, you know, forcibly kissed someone and also groped their butt when they were in a photo with them. Okay, so and then what happened is not only was that uh, person trying to get back to their integrity and be honest about it and say, I didn't know it was wrong. I do now. I should have, et cetera, et cetera. That's integrity. It's not that you never make mistakes, because that's the beginning. The mistake is the moral uprightness. If you focus on that part of it, then you'll just lie when you're not morally upright, or you'll just see it as crime and punishment. That's another way. Well, I didn't commit a crime, so I'm good. It's like, well, wait a minute. Are you good? It still feels like crud, doesn't it? Your, 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 your consciousness GPS, your emotions are telling you, I don't feel right. That feels like shame. That feels like guilt, right? And so 
Again, this other end of perspective, here was this individual who immediately apologized for it and tried to own it. And is 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 he done with his journey? Obviously not. We're going to be constantly figuring this out. But there was also, when if you're in your integrity and you're in your honesty, you will find supporters in both ways. Obviously, the, 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 the lying uh, pedophile found his supporters who were willing to join him in his lie. But you will also find on the side of integrity. The person who says, hey, I really blew this and I'm sorry and I was tone deaf or whatever and I and I have to be honest about that. And in this case of this individual, you, you probably read in the news that dozens of women came forward and said, we got nothing but respect for this guy. He's been wonderful. He was awesome. Uh, and we want you to know that because we believe he does walk in his integrity. And the ultimate lesson, in addition to integrity, on our sexual harassment, sexual uh, identity, sexual desires. I'm going to get to the particulars of it because I do also want to talk about how we move forward with it, right? Because you got to be able to go like, well, I really like doing this. How could I do this without being, you know, shamed or chastised or hated or whatever? Um, but the, the the other part is the crime and punishment part and <laughs> the part of just skating by that. It's, it's, it's We want to be truthful and we want to be honest and we want to have respect, Right. And you don't just demand respect because one of the mistakes that uh, the male gender obviously went through for long is they just 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 demanded respect. So I'm the man. You will respect me. That's why elders do that to their their younger folks. You know, you I'm an elder. You need to respect me. And it's like, as they always say, respect is earned. Right. And so this individual was trying to earn that respect. And he had lots of women to step up and say he was respectful. And they couldn't, you couldn't coerce somebody to do that. You could pay somebody, but it would be found out. You could try to have them join in your lie, but they would seem as hypocritical as you were. But if you, the, the, the point is, is that in addition to integrity, sorry, I remember my thought, is context. That's the tricky part. Because everybody's walking into this squishy sexual harassment nastiness where it's kissing and groping, or is it mock groping? Is it mimicking a groping? Is it prank groping? Is it groping because it's wanted, groping because it's not wanted? Well, we have to learn, like all uh, you know, desires and infractions in life, is there is a context. And it's not going to be easy. We're not going to be able to just say, you know what, where's the line? I want to know where the line is. I'm done. I don't want to think about it anymore. Well... That just shows that we're not in our honest integrity. Because if we were, we would be able to tell where that line was but we could, because we could sense and detect the intentions of the individuals. You know, you got folks that are popping up who, you know, went into this lie parade after they would harass a, a woman and, and, and try to make it seem like they were trying to take advantage of the powerful person, you know. And, and they got enablers. There were people who got scared and thought, you know, well, this person is so powerful and that's the other side of the thing. I will do another episode on one of the other tragic flaws that we adopted as humans, which is that we adopted the false belief. And again, it's a belief game. We adapted the false belief that money and influence are the measures of human worth. You know, we think that if you have more money and you have more influence, then you're worth more. And we'll come back to that one. That again, a whole other episode. But that, the reason I bring it up is because the sexual harassment component uh, is, as you've seen in the news and it plays out, the power part of it is a huge component. 
It's a re- it's a big reason why people were able to not be in their integrity and lie to each other and lie to themselves and the assistants who enabled the you know lecherous, rapey, <laughs> powerful whatever mogul of whatever industry. The assistants who helped them ha- obtain their prey effectively. Well, why did they do that? Why would somebody just who never would ever, under any circumstances? Well, the key component is money and influence. You know, we get scared of it, and we think that's the worth. And so, again, another episode because we got to rewrite that whole one. But in terms of our sexuality and uh, what we're trying to give, because gosh, I mean, we are sexual beings. If you're not into it, help yourself. If you're asexual, you're a snail, whatever. Um, <laughs> snails are asexual. Look it up. Google it. Um, if you're asexual and you're not into it, that's fine. Uh, that's great. But I would uh, submit to you that certainly most psychologists would agree that if you're in a, a loving couple, uh, regardless of gender or whatever, or sexual orientation, uh, the sexual component is a really powerful part of it. Well, why? Why is that such a part of it? Well, one of the main things is touching. Right? I start, that's why I started the episode with that. And I, I left the, instead of just being on sex, being on touching because we've got to fix all of the components of that. We've got to learn our have a context of integrity with our uh, touching in every respect. Like for instance, you you all are free, anywhere near my age. You remember when guys didn't hug at all? I mean, we hardly ever hugged. Uh, we were allowed to cry either. If you go back, uh, you know, certainly back to like the greatest generation. They say World War II generation. You, you just don't even cry. You don't even show emotions at all. And now guys hug all the time, you know, bromance. We got terms like bromance, uh, which is wonderful because we're finally letting go and saying, well, wait a minute, can I be affectionate with a guy? And before, you know, our natural, give me an example. You know, when you're a baby, right, every psychologist says that, 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 that they've done tons and tons of studies and you know this to be true just because you know it, is that babies that are touched, you know, a lot do better when they're when they're when they're expressed with love and, and interacted with. They do great, right? And then even you swaddle them and you touch them and da da da. We all know this, right? And yet we start to get into adulthood and we start to think that oh, touching doesn't matter anymore. And you can spend a whole whatever episode on analyzing the particulars of that, but obviously this is part of our humanity and it's wonderful and we and, and, it, and it completes us it adds to our connected connection to each other it makes us feel good it releases chemicals there is a biological component I'm gonna get to in a minute too um, so you take like as a guy I'm a guy you can tell uh, <laughs> and the uh, uh, we used to not hug and I remember when I was younger too you you would have sports contact it was like it's like we still yearn for touch and so you know the old football thing you'd pat each other in the butt uh, good job or you'd pat each other in the back well why is that necessary right it's not some sort of uh, you know thing that if you do that it'll cause some sort of specific reaction that always works no it's because it's our humanity we love it it's part of who we are it's our desire to connect to our fellow man and so now guys are hugging which is great you know, we're going ahead and express that. Uh, and also guys grope each other, which is really hilarious. I've got a couple guy friends who in particular, uh, you know, practically, uh, give me, you know, squeeze my backside and <laughs> doing things that I won't even say because I'm trying to keep this a family show. Uh, and and if I was obviously if, if I felt it was unwanted and warranted, you say, well, you're gay or something, Jeff. No, it's not even that. It's not gay. It's not straight. It's not anything. It's just that I like some friends and I, and I and I thought about it. Why? Are they so touchy? And I've observed in some of my male friends, I think sometimes why they are uh, touchy with their guy friends, even like grabbing them in places that probably wouldn't be appropriate, 
is because they're yearning for touch. And in some of these folks, I'm not naming any names, they have also, in the belief game, adopted the belief that touching women, who they probably prefer to touch, is is shameful, uh, inappropriate, or even criminal. And yet they still kind of want to, you want to touch, you want to interact. And so you're touching your guy friends. That's perfectly okay. It's seeming like some of you girls be like, oh, I kissed a girl and that's fine. Well, why? Um, I mean, obviously there's a million reasons why, but part of it could be intertwined into this belief of shame. Well, if I kiss a guy, well, and it being a heterosexual female, I mean, if I kiss a guy, well, that's going to have all this implication and meaning. And then there's going to be the social factor and maybe it's shameful, maybe it's guilty. Whereas if I kiss a girl, then we're both like, we have no interest and it's fine and it's intended to be whatever, or maybe one of the parties have interest. But the point is, is that we're all yearning for this. We're all trying to figure it out, but we haven't really been honest with ourselves about the context. And we don't know what to do. You know, I've been watching the news with all these stories of folks getting busted and caught and uh, in various stages of their uh, self-destructive beliefs. Some of them, there were rumors that everybody knew about for long times. And there were nicknames about these folks uh, because they were such basically predators and they'd gotten so far off the track with that. And then... Uh, they're all the way to the to the normal guys who are just normal, if you will, whatever that means. What the hell is normal? Uh, uh, average. I don't even know what word to use. But you're you're run of the mill dude who's just trying to figure out what is cool. How do I pursue these desires that I have and 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 have them? And when do I? You know, how do I be uh, collegial with somebody? Can I can I pat somebody in the back? Can I pat someone of the opposite gender who's also heterosexual? Can I pat someone pat someone of the same gender who's homosexual on the back, without it being a big deal? That's context, and the only way you're going to be able to identify and be in the integrity of the context is if you are in your honest place. You've got to ask yourself why I'm do having this desire. Not to question whether or not it's acceptable or, or, or bad or good, but so that you can understand it. Because if you, life is about how it feels. The only reason we want anything in life is because that we think that if we do it or have it, it's going to make us feel better, right? That's the point. So you have to figure out what your desire is why you want it, what it is the feeling you're trying to achieve, and then you will be presented not only scientifically with the you know the machinations of your, your synapses in your brain, but certainly spiritually and certainly through prayer. Ultimately, of you will you will line up with the path that will make you uh, feel the feeling you're looking for with the physical manifestation that matches, not something that is also intertwined with your shame or your guilt. So coming up, we're going to talk some more about that because um, this is a deep subject and I want everyone to be able to line up with their desires. You're supposed to have them. You're, that's who you are. So when we come back to the Daily Belief Game, I'm Jeff Stein. Thanks for listening to the Daily Belief Game where we feelize our way to a, a life that we intended. You didn't come here to struggle. I'm telling you, you didn't come here to suffer. Uh, a lot of people think that. And if that's your belief, then you will experience that. If you believe you're here to suffer, then guess what? You're going to get it. Help yourself. That's fine. It's, you know, if that's what you want. <laughs> it's your life. Do whatever you want with it. But if you realize that creative joy is the point, that's why you're here. That's why you, you came is to, is to, and, on, and self-realization. And that's why there, I do shows like this is to, uh, is to help you with your self-realization. Uh, it's all I do all day long. I try it. I live it. I'm in the practice of it. Do I have it solved? Heck no. Uh, it's a constant process. 
it never and it gets better and better and better. That's my one selling point to you is that it gets better and better and easier and easier the more you train your brain. I mean, even if you just believe in the scientific aspect of it, where you're just rewiring your brain, uh, think about it. You know, I always like to use scientifically that, you know, every subject is like a jar of marbles. You know, it's in synapses that are all wired together, right? And, and every time you think to that thought, like, oh, I want to think about my wife or whatever, you're, you're going to throw a marble in that jar. And it could be loving marble. It could be shame. It could be hate. It could be all these different things. And you throw it in your, your brain, your little pocket of your brain on that subject. And then when you re-encounter that subject, your brain being a comparative device, comparative uh, replaying or re uh, playback device, you will get back the emotional and uh, mental and thought that goes with that, that goes with that subject. It just comes back. Bing up. Oh, that's what we think about this, which is great because you want your brain to give you back what you tell it to give it back. Downside is you wrote it and you're the only one that can unwrite it or rewrite it with something better. So we're talking about sexual harassment. We're talking about touching. We're talking about all of this so that you can get in line with it. So let me throw a couple more out there because this is really, if you think about the way you touch people in a day, like hugs, talking about guys hug, women hug. How do you hug? Are there certain, like, are there certain people that you meet that you kiss them on the cheek? You know, what does that mean? And is that line with your desire? Why are you doing that? Are you doing it because you really want to, uh, feel the love and affection you have for this person. That'd be a good reason to say, you know, I kiss this person. Like I have some friends. I have some that I see. Uh, and I even have a, a a male friend who he'd always kiss his male sons on the lips when he greeted them. And other people go, oh, and they'd be all weirded out by it. Uh, even in this era, right, of where it's less and less. And 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 I'm just like, why is it weird? It's weird because we decide it's weird. It's it's a belief we've decided, and a belief is nothing but a thought. We've thought a lot. Uh, you see, sometimes uh, people will hold hands when they walk of all different genders and relationships. You know, it could be friends or they could be buddies, they could be besties, they could be just um, a mother daughter or mother son, father daughter, father son, you know, all this sort of thing. And sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. And if you're not, you know, I always like to notice that I notice that I love, I'm a big hugger. I love hugging people. Uh, <laughs> as soon as I feel like they're, they're, but I always test it, you know, and that's how I be in my integrity is I, as you can feel, if you come in with the intent of like, I want to hug this person because I really like them, you, you will know whether it is wanted and whether it is well received. And if you're not sure, be in your integrity and be in your honesty and stop and say, I'm sorry, is this, am I, okay, I'll, I'll stop. And you, some might have them say, no, no, I'm just timid, but please hug me. <laughs> you know, you might even have that too. You never know what's going to happen. But it's hugs, you know, like you, you hug people uh, for all kinds of different reasons and ask yourself why. Be in line with it. And if, and if you're hugging somebody because they always hug you and it feels uncomfortable, figure it out. Figure out why it feels uncomfortable. Why is it I don't like when this person hugs me? Oh, it's because they want, they're, they're coming, they're hugging with desperation, for instance. Ooh, yeah. Okay. That doesn't work. So, you know, if you get into your integrity with that, uh, you will not have trouble with folks like that. Uh, and I'm not blaming the victim like it's your fault because you've been harassed or raped or anything else. That's a, that's another topic. That's, you know, um, but I'm saying that if you're more in your understanding of why you're receiving either is or is is not to your satisfaction, then you will be better prepared to respond to it and to either uh, let that individual know in a, in a way that's even loving, to even let them know in a loving way, hey, look, I'm not really a hugger. Uh, I appreciate that you are, but, you know, that's not, I don't feel really comfortable with that. I have certain people I hug, and it's not nothing personal. Um, now, if they still come as a, at you as a predator, then you call police and all that sort of thing, you know, whatever. Obviously, you have to <laughs> make your choices, and there's a lot to it. But that's the point. It's context. You be in your integrity. 
and you recognize that it doesn't feel or does feel well, does feel good or doesn't feel good. You know, with hugs, I noticed that if I see somebody every day, like right next to me is Juan Velasquez producing the show, I'm not hugging him every time I come in because <laughs> I don't think it's like necessary. But if I haven't seen somebody in a month, I hug him. You know, it's like that. And why is that? Right. Okay. And that's good. It's, it's, not, it's not right or wrong. It's just identify w- whether it's weird or good. And if it feels weird, is there some shame you're carrying around? Is there some guilt that you have that you'd rather not have? Because <laughs> uh, you don't want to live with that. It's not good for anybody. And it's why we got to where we are is, I mean, obviously, it's especially with the gender relation stuff, the heterosexual gender uh, stuff, uh, hopefully gay people will show us how it's done. I don't know. But uh, the heterosexual gender issue has been for centuries, as you know, women are considered property. And that was, if you don't know your history lesson, that's basically because women were the child bearers and men were scared uh, of not having control. And so they basically, being the physically stronger gender, decided to take control of the circumstance so that they can control how women are impregnated and how their childbearing works. And uh, how sweet, right? That's loving. So, but we're getting through all that. Every, you know, the, the first sexual revolution was with the birth control pill. They always considered that to be in the top 10 invention of humanity up there with, you know, personal computers and internet and all this stuff that you would normally think of as inventions. But uh, a few things changed humanity like birth control because it put now uh, women weren't these uh, you know, baby makers that had to be carefully monitored for when they might get impregnated, which is just like, I'm sorry to speak in such dark terms, but you get the point. Uh, they became people in charge of their own sexual and pregnancy destinies. And that changed everything, of course. Well, it still took us another 40 years here now, 50 years, 60s, yeah. <laughs> uh, where now we're looking at our relations and still that power structure that exists where men oftentimes are using their position of power to exact, to feel, to experience the desires that they've decided will make them happy that are also, again, tainted deeply with shame or guilt or even criminality, and they haven't figured out a way or disconnect. It was one particular uh, very beloved news commentator I will not name who suddenly has been named by dozens of women for having been, some of it's really gross, exposing himself. And, and I'll talk about that in a second because <laughs> exposing himself is always a weird uh, thing that women don't understand why men do that. Uh, <laughs> I don't really understand either. I don't know if men understand why they do that either. Uh, and you should. You should understand why. Why do you have a desire to whip your willy out? If you don't know why that is, you need to figure that out. Um, but it ranged all the way from that all the way to just uh, like shoulder rubs and, uh, you know, a a hand on the knee or the thigh. And what it does is it gets distorted. It started out probably for him as some way to kind of demonstrate how much he had affection he had for this. But he wasn't being honest with himself that he had like a multiple intention. He had the intention of of demonstrating his affection towards a person who he thought was was great, you know, in this case, maybe young women, uh, women's 20s and 30s for this particular individual. Uh, demonstrating his affection, but he also wasn't aware that he wasn't addressing his own sexual component. It was feeling like a uh, a release of sexuality too, right? Because he's getting a little bit of a a testosterone rush out of it. And that you got to reconcile. 
And you got to say, okay, why am I doing this? I'm doing this, one, because I really like this lady. She's just so, gosh, she works so hard for me, and she's so diligent. She's so smart and funny, and I just, oh, I just want to put my arm around her and just, you know, and just touch her because I just want to touch her because she's just so rad. That's good. That could be good. It's when you also have this part you haven't addressed, which is, plus I like her boobs, um, you know, or plus I want to, you know, do this and this and this and this. And you've got to answer that say and say, well, do I, why do I want that? And if, if I'm looking for that experience, I should probably get in my integrity there, be honest with myself about how I feel that would most appropriately occur you know, because I don't want to do, I don't want to hurt this person sexually, really. So, oh my gosh, why am I adding this sexual component? I wasn't even aware of it. That was stupid. And then it gets worse and it gets worse. And you digress further and further. And you forget that you're being really inappropriate. And you go deeper into your own denial. And you kid yourself. And you think it's okay. And you think it's well-received. And year after year after year. And then you've got enablers who, because of your power structure, they're making sure that nobody is bothered by it, et cetera, et cetera. When we come back, I want to talk about the biological chemical part of this because this is The Daily Belief Game. This is The Daily Belief Game. I'm Jeff Stein. This is where we try to figure it out so that we have a life that uh, actually makes sense and everybody loves us for it. The the ultimate punchline of your life is you want to be able to say, I am loved, loving, and lovable. A lot of different, uh, I think it's Course in Miracles, some other different books uh, refer to those, those big three. It's nothing that original. But it is really significant. (laughs) Most people... If you sat down, and, and if you're not, a, if you're a meditator, if you're a thinker, if you're a daydreamer in the in the commute, try that one. Just say uh, repeatedly, pick one of the three. I am loved, loving, or lovable. I am loved. I am loved. I am loved. I am loved. And you will discover a couple things. One, you will figure out whether you believe it, <laughs> whether you believe that you are loved. And when you turn on that lens, life is about the different lenses. You know that your your brain, your consciousness, your spirit is set up that when you get into an emotional relativity, if you start saying "I am loved, I am loved, I am loved," then not only will your brain scan all of its uh, data for examples that match that emotional relativity, so you'll start to get experience of like, "Yeah, I am loved. My dog freaking goes nuts when I come home," you know, or "I am loved. My wife just just adores me, or my husband, or whatever." Um, and then I am lovable. Interesting, right? Different. Am I lovable? Am I lovable? And I am loving, meaning I uh, come out and I, and I make choices and I express to people in a way that is genuinely coming from love, not not fake love. Because a lot of times, uh, you know, we, as parents, for instance, we'll we'll say, "Don't you know how much I love you?" <laughs> well. Didn't really sound it. <laughs> it sounded like love when you just said it. <laughs> so it more like, oh, gosh, don't you know how much I love you? You know, I love you. That's different. You know, right? You can feel the difference. And the difference is, is, is how I feel. There's your honesty. There's your integrity. If you're in it, you'll get it. Okay? So sexual harassment, touching, <laughs> hugs. I hope you're thinking about it. I hope you're thinking about the different ways. And you go through your day. Your, your homework is to go through your day and recognize A, when you touch other people, and B, why? And if not, C, (laughs) Roman numeral three, if not, why why not? Why aren't you touching that person? Are you that when you have a desire to? And is there shame involved in it? Is it is it sexual? Is it emotional? Is it attraction? Is what is it? Right? Let's talk about the chemical, biological factor. Because in addition to the consciousness of it and trying to line up with our integrity. We also are human beings, and we're chemical-based, and there is a peptide for every emotion, as you probably know. 
uh, from rage and revenge and blame and loss all the way up to inspiration, excitement, uh, sexual ecstasy, whatever. All those things have chemicals to go with them. And then there's the big ones, right? Serotonin, dopamine, oxytocin, which just feel amazing, uh, which is the ones that come up whether you're, you know, if you, it could be a shopper's high or an exerciser's high or a sugar high. All these things could be just, you know, you're coursing with serotonin, etc. And there is the chemicals of gender, if you will, testosterone versus progesterone and estrogen and this sort of thing. And those are big influences. And to step away from the sexuality for a second, to give a chemical example that is that is that is it is a parable or is a parallel but not exact. So I don't want you to accuse me from thinking they're exact. Is <clears throat> that is babies and and pets. Babies and pets. Pets are easy, right? We love pets, and we get a chemical high. Nobody would do that to a dog and squish your face and just go like this, unless there was some sort of chemical high to it, because you would never make yourself an idiot for no reason at all, right? So there's a chemical factor there. We love the unconditional love of pets, and some of us get addicted to it, of course. And we are in, not in our integrity with it. We're not being honest about it. And you see people that start to love pets more and hate people more at the same time because we've decided we start to, again, you, you create your own belief. This is a belief game. And sometimes folks will take a belief where they say, well, the pets are unconditional love and they're good, but people are evil and I don't want to like them. Well, you keep reinforcing that. See, there's an example. You're throwing the more marbles in your jar on that subject. And you're convincing yourself that people suck and animals are great. Watch that one. Unless you want to believe people suck, help yourself. But I think you want to be loving, loved, and lovable. I'm just saying. Babies, right? Let's take babies. And the reason, well, not don't take them, uh, but, uh, but they do. <laughs> Sometimes women do take babies. You've heard that, right? That uh, uh, women have actually abducted babies from hospitals and things. Eh, sometimes with a male conspirator, but usually the female does that. Well, that's interesting. And whereas obviously a men is a men are far more likely to uh, sexually harass some woman. So okay, so they've got this high chemical reaction. Men do high chemical reaction on sexuality, and women have got this high chemical reaction on babies and motherhood and you know you've heard women actually breastfeeding other women's babies just to get the rush of it right women gush over babies and what do they do with babies they touch them they're irresistible and pregnant women which is interesting too it's not just babies out it's babies in anybody who's a pregnant my wife included anybody every any woman who's ever been pregnant you know what it is to be touched by a stranger it's like a new tonight on nbc touched by a stranger um you will when you're a pregnant woman. You go, yep, I've been touched by strangers. Plus, once your baby's out and you're carrying them around, how many times have you had your baby squeezed by a random person, right? They just come up and they squeeze the leg. Oh, I just got to squeeze that little fat leg. It's so cute. Well, that is a big old chemical high. Be honest with yourself about that. Be in your integrity. It's just interesting that, of course, sexual stuff is fraught with shame and guilt and nastiness. There isn't as much guilt and shame over babies, baby obsessions, right? If you're a woman or man and you're obsessed with touching and being around babies, you just go work at a daycare center. And there ain't nothing wrong with that. And you're good to go and you get your high all day long. A man who's obsessed with uh, the visual excitement that testosterone rush of seeing a female body, for instance, has to go to a strip club. And there's a great deal of shame in that. Or not. Maybe it is for you. Maybe it isn't. But the point is, you, you can understand the difference of that subject. And I'm not comparing them, but they are comparable in the sense of the chemical rush of it. And that's okay. 
It's good that we have these biological impulses. It's just you have to be in line with it. And so in the same way, it's like, you know, uh, we don't we're, we're having this giant sexual harassment scandal, but we've never had a giant baby touching scandal <laughs> because our society doesn't think they think it's nurturing to go up and touch. In fact, there are many cultures that if you don't touch someone's baby, it's disrespectful. That it says that you think that you're rejecting their baby if you don't touch them. And isn't that interesting that we've crafted that into the narrative? We've made that into the belief, but we would never say that, oh, if you don't touch, if a man doesn't touch another guy's teenage daughter, it would be disrespectful, right? No, it's criminal to touch another man's, you know, uh, teenage daughter, or at least in the context. I mean, like you could touch her if you're, you're her coach and you're trying to, you know, hold her leg while she's doing a gymnast, you know, twirl or something. But that's, there's the context, right? And you say, well, there's predators all over the place. Yeah. Why are there predators all over the place? Because men, sorry guys, this is on us and women have their place in it, but we men have to figure out to come off of these centuries of male dominance, which allowed us to consider women as property where we could ignore our shame and guilt and then just forcibly get into situations that satisfied our temporary chemical testosterone fixes instead of identifying where is this desire and how can we manifest it that serves what we really want. Because if you really stop and think about it, you know, you don't want to be a predator, (laughs) I don't think men who became predators started out thinking, hey, you know what? I have this giant sexual desire, and if I just become a cruel, evil person who takes it from people, then I will finally have that desire realized. No. They start out with a desire, and then they saw it as shameful and increasingly shameful, and then they decided that they kept thinking that that was the only way they could achieve that desire, and then they associate it with power and loss, a lack of power, Right. Because one of the things we men uh, struggle with, which is most unfortunate, is that this sexual desire for women, if you're heterosexual, obviously homosexual, make your substitutions uh, for men. But it's so strong and it's a rush. I mean, ladies, when you see a bunch of puppies and babies and you just, oh, okay, that's why it's, it's it's not the same. But when men see a hot girl, lady, whatever, go by and they go, ow, baby, they want to do a cat. Why is that reaction so seemingly compulsive and impulsive? Um, because it is. It's, it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wolf whistle to match the chemical high. So what do we do, guys? This will probably take some more shows. But, <laughs> but I will say one of them is if you immediately go to gratitude, it will help clear up your shame and your guilt and your icky nastiness that you've attached to your very healthy and very reasonable sexual desire. Because it is healthy and it is reasonable. Uh, You just want to manifest it in a way that is uh, beneficial to all parties involved, right? You want it to be wanted and enjoyed and all that sort of thing, right? So you have to uh, watch how it feels (laughs) and be aware when, uh, because it is, it's a very strong impulse, right? We see, I wish, you know, in fact, give you an example. I've had a a number of friends who have transgendered from female to male. And one of the first things that they all, this is anecdotal, and I don't know if there's a study on this to back it up. But anecdotally, my female friends who, as soon as they started taking testosterone injections, (laughs) they would say to me without fail, oh, wow, okay, I get it now. Because now everything I see gives me a chemical rush. I see a woman go by with the, you know, the da 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 
and I'm just like, whoosh, you know, you can feel it. It's a whole body experience. And needless to say, you go, wow, I love this feeling and I want to experience more of it. Well, duh, that's what life is, is, is seeking not just sexual, but seeking things that bring you joy and bring you excitement and pursuing them for the purpose of experiencing them and self-realization and finding out why they, why you feel it this way. So men are feeling this and going, oh my God, that feels so strong. I want to, I want to, you know, have a, a payoff, if you will, from that, that chemical rush. And that's where as men and as society, it has the rules of society have been really in contradiction to uh, making that work uh, cohesively with everyone involved. So, and that is why it is beautiful that we are having this dialogue as a society to ask, wait a minute, um, what do we do with this? Do we want to, you know, castrate all men so they don't have sexual desire? No, we want them to be able to feel that desire and act on it appropriately. So we've got to start telling people, talking about context. And that is why it has been such a blessing to watch uh, one exposed harasser in all the varying degrees. Again, the one who was just like, ah, probably pushed a little too far, but you didn't quite get it, but you're such a really, really good person, to the full-on pedophile who never quite figured out that this is completely inappropriate and you got to stop because it, you are kidding yourself on the shame, right? So we're here to figure that one out. So when you watch the news and you watch all these different circumstances going on, ask yourself, these are all, every part of society is a bunch of inside jobs. It's all us as individuals to figure out what is going on within us. You know, are we disgusted by it? You know, because women say, why would a guy want to just drop trow and show his thing? Well, again, save it for another episode. But the point is, is that he wants to be the sort of it often is he wants to feel accepted for the sexual desire and for this wanting, you know, just being nude. And it's like, well, that just seems weird. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't make any sense uh, because it's so layered with the shame and guilt that your nudity is unacceptable and gross and wrong and even times criminal. And yet you feel like you want to let it all out. That's why people do, you know, naturalist nudist colonies because they just want to go, you know what? I'm tired of feeling like it's a shame to be in this skin, especially in my genitals and things. Those are shameful and I, they shouldn't be out. I want to let them out because I don't want to feel shame about it anymore. That's one of the primary. I mean, obviously you have to ask individual naturalists and nudists what their, their, their reason is. But that is one of the reasons. It's like I want to feel like this is not a shameful criminal thing. And that's a good start. But you want to go even further and say, no, I want to feel like uh, all of me is valuable to my uh, self-realization and my desire and what I'm hoping to experience and achieve. And I will always be able to, through, through, through thought, through consciousness, through awareness, through prayer, uh, line up with the folks, other human beings who say, yeah, I'll do that. I don't care how kinky that is. I'll do that. Sure. You can line up with your desire. You can find someone who will go, no, I get it. I see your intention. You just want to feel like that. Well, that, but you've got to line up with it first. Because as long as you're seeking someone who will allow you to, you know, sub turn them into submission or whatever, you're not going to be happy. Okay. So this has been the Daily Belief Game. Uh, I'm Jeff Stein. You can find me at jeffs-world.com. My uh, co-conspirators and I help people, companies, and organizations cultivate, sustain, accelerate, and become inspiration in action. 
We obsess over happiness and love teaching people tricks and cheats so you can live an authentic, fun, purpose-driven life in half the time and effort. And we'll come to your company. We'll come to you as individuals. Jeffs-world.com. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for continuing to care because the better you make your life, the better my life is. As I like to say, please think responsibly. You want answers? I don't know. I'm Embrace it. Just asking. Life is choice. The power to create happiness. <laughs> you can choose to be a victim or anything else you'd like to be. You want to change the world? Don't know how to begin. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. It's the right path. It's a path made of principle that leads to character. You, the people, have the power to make this Come life on. free and beautiful. To make this Come life on. a wonderful Come adventure. On. Come on. Come on. Hey, Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, 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 come on,